0: Hey, this is actress Carissa Lee Staples and you're listening to The O Brother Podcast.
1: Welcome to The O Brother Podcast with hosts Dan and Mike Smith, brothers from the same mother with different opinions on movies, TV, video games and more, plus celebrity interviews. Get ready, get set, it's time for The O Brother Podcast. We're going to welcome to the over other Podcast Nick Matthews, who of uh, course is. Uh, hey, Nick. Nick hey in the middle of a, a worldwide tour here, uh, talk about your work on Saw. Now, Nick, is is it appropriate to say Saw Ten, Saw X? Either one is it interchangeable? You know, I think you could say either
0: one, but for branding, they've gone with Saw X. It's just cooler.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's what I figured. That's yeah. okay. So I'm I'm not way So welcome to the better than spiral.
2: See, just I'm showing you I'm a fan.
1: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I got them all. So wild. Yeah. And, so it, and, I, and I gotta tell you, I I will thank you because this is a this is one of these franchises that I had never watched any of I saw a little bit of the original. And so because we knew we were gonna have the, the opportunity to talk to you. I knocked out the first couple, especially because I knew this one was basically taking place in between the two. It's a couple of weeks after the original or somewhere in there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think somebody's done a, you know, somebody's broken out the entire timeline. And they're like, if you, if you put it all together, this is just week after week of traps.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Did Mike you know the franchise when you were hired? Um,
0: I had been. In high school, when the original came out, I had been in a religious, like, Christian fundamentalist home. So we didn't, we weren't allowed to go to movie theaters. We had a little thing called a TV Guardian that blocked all the bad words. Wow. Uh, it was a very specific time. And I kept pushing and pushing to watch more and more uh, intriguing and violent and uh, sort of worldly kind of shit. And so... <laughs> For me, yeah, it's like it started with like you know, it's like trying to do Saving Private Ryan, then Seven, and Godfather, and all this stuff. And um, my dad had an MFA and had studied English literature, so there's actually like a lot of love for storytelling and literature. But I, I pressed and pressed to seesaw, and eventually, like my dad caved, and I rented it from Blockbuster, watched with my younger brother, and just I, I was really taken by it, and. Then I kept up with the, like, I saw Saw 2 and Saw 3 when they uh, came out on video release. And then I think around that time I was headed to college and I think it just kind of dropped off my radar. And so there, there's a lot of love, you know, I have a lot of love for the franchise, especially because of what it meant to my life at the time that I saw it.
1: Well, and talk about a significant one to come into right. collaboration. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no pressure, but that's pretty incredible. Now you're you're in the LA area. Is that yeah, where I live you're in, in Los area?
0: Angeles. I was okay. born and raised in South Carolina and Kentucky.
1: South Carolina. Okay, so I'm in Florida. Mike's up in Boston. Oh cool. But yeah, we're trying to see, you know, American South, but weren't quite sure exactly where yeah. we're at. How long have you been on the West Coast? Mike was a West Coast guy for many years. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I moved to Los Angeles about 10 years ago. Um, So I was 25 at the time, um, not to continue to say my age throughout this whole thing. (laughs) I'm Um, sorry, we
1: we got you covered.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, I was 25 at the time and I wanted to, I had a dream of making movies and telling stories. And actually, weirdly enough, I worked at the Creation Museum Uh, from the time I was like 21 to 24 um Mm. and i was still involved in like religious uh ideology and then walked away from the church when i was probably 25 26 um and Mm. you know i always wanted to make movies that were that dealt with the human condition and dealt with the darkness the weirdness sort of the fringe of who we are and what we can be um and so yeah in a way like i was always hoping to make these sorts of films um, even as far back as when I was working there. But yeah, I moved to LA about 10 years ago. And so it's been wild that this would be my like 10 year, you know, it is really that thing that everyone's like, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. And it's like, I've been making movies and shooting commercials for 10 years. Right. But this mm-hmm. is my first like studio project and wide release. Um, and so and
2: well. you also did mob land this year. Yeah. Yeah
0: it was a string. I did a string of movies where, you know, the pandemic knocked everything out for about a, a good year, I would say. And then mm-hmm. I ended up booking a shutter horror film called Spoonful of Sugar. Um,
1: right. Right.
0: End of yeah. End of 2021. Then mob land. I shot in mid 2021, like April, May, and then saw came into my life, uh, in like September of last year. And then I was on that until February. And we did color in like July. So it's been nowhere near what Kevin has had to deal with. You know, Kevin's been involved with creative for such a long time. And then also like cut the movie crazy. Right. Um, Right. But uh, yeah, he's been involved with the project for just a substantial amount of time. And I I can't say enough good things about Kevin.
1: Um, Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Cause he's been in it pretty much from the beginning. Right. I mean, on the editing side and, and, and all of that. So, and directed, What at least at uh, two three or so? Yeah, he, again, the,
0: yeah. Kevin understood. cut the first five of them, and he was first involved five. in the very first saw and uh, cutting that. I would say I don't think anyone else, like obviously James Wan and Leigh Whannell, like really understand the franchise. I actually right. don't think any other director understands the movies as well as Kevin because mm. Kevin understands i mean he's been brought in on almost every even the ones that he wasn't the lead editor on they brought him in to do a pass um to make it a saw movie and i think Mm -hmm. kevin fully knows what these films need in order to succeed some of the like creative choices they made were a result of them honestly having limited time and limited resources on the original film but those things have become baked into part of the look and then in the last, you know, Spiral and Jigsaw kind of stepped away from that, and they tried something different. Um, and I think fans in general didn't care for it. Yeah,
2: they backed off a little
1: bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the movies are cleaner. They're more modern. They're shot anamorphic. There's just not, right. like, I always describe Saw as like seven by way of a new metal music video. And so there's an like early 2000s yeah. thing going on there, right? Um, right? We didn't want to do that you know we didn't want to do like a uh color like we didn't want the colors to come through in the grade but that's very much like a early 2000s everyone got excited cuz di became a new thing so they're like push green push this you know and they could do it um digitally we did it with lighting but yeah it's yeah
2: you took it back to the look of the the first i'd say 3 yes you know yeah i mean and
0: that was intentional and that was very conscious and and much discussed i think Mm -hmm. when i first met kevin um you know i had been i read the script and then i interviewed with him like four or five hours later and so i didn't have a lot of time to process my feelings but i remember reading the script and being like holy shit, this is really fantastic i know it's gonna have tobin bell and tobin Mm -hmm. bell's great character great actor actor. you know Mm -hmm. and that that's just one of the challenges of a lot of the saw films is they haven't always had spectacular performances You can't go wrong with Tobin Bell. Shawnee Smith knows Amanda so well and is just Mm -hmm. devilish and sarcastic in all the right ways. And then, you know, we got lucky and we hired a bunch of local Mexican actors who were just fantastic. I wondered,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, really just amazing people and, yeah, really great. Um, And I read the script and just, I was so taken by it. And then when Kevin and I started talking, it was like, for us, it was like, well, what do we love about Saw? And it's like, we love the grittiness. We love the griminess. We love that it made you feel like you wanted a tetanus shot. We love that it's, you know, it's it's very heightened visually. It's very playful visually. When I got hired, Kevin was like, watch one, two, three, and six. And so I watched mm. those films and really based most of what I was thinking about. Um, sort of on that as like a starting point for the world. And for me, that was, how do I blend the sort of deep poisonous kind of greens with the kind of jaundice yellows of two one is mostly whitish blue fluorescenty so i kind of wanted to play with a telling our story telling john kramer's emotional story but also then bringing those colors in and it was a conversation with kevin it was a conversation with uh anthony stabley who was our production designer um and it was a very intentional you know we wanted the oxidized you know rusty sort of metals we wanted this industrial kind of look and feel they the traps they were trying to do were more of a simplistic like how could he have built this from stuff at home depot i mean
1: mm-hmm. obviously there's
0: a suspension of disbelief when you know mm-hmm. it took a full crew working for us right. to design and develop but that's the thing jigsaw can do that because he's sort of a mythical level of brilliant you know
2: now i thought this one actually i really liked it first of all And Mm -hmm. I thought it was lighter at the beginning, not only in the colors, but also in the tone. Absolutely. Like, this is the first time I can remember in all ten films, Jigsaw actually sees it before he does it, and then the kid kind of backs away and he lets it go. So he, he imagined the whole trap in his head, but never designed it. And that's yeah. the first time I've ever seen that. Hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I mean they the script. I would say even the opening act of the movie and the script was longer. And Kevin, one of the biggest conversations was how much information you know the trailer is going to spoil some of the movie.
1: Right. So we already knew
0: our first act ending, which frankly most people are going to suspect something's up. It's a saw movie. um It was just a question of how much information do we give the audience before we present the scam. And so, you know, stylistically, the choices were let we're it, from a script perspective and a story perspective. It's we're in the world of John Kramer. We're sort of a part of his universe, a part of his emotional landscape. And it's how do we take the audience on what is essentially a drama and a character study? I mean, mm-hmm. you have one trap in the first 40 minutes, and we're like, right. I hope Saw fans won't hate us. <laughs> that was, you know, a big conversation, but it did come at a script level and then kevin really whittled away to try and really create an arc in the first act that would really work and so we knew that you know a lot of times Saul starts with just a kind of a random trap and at least Mm correct yeah and in our case it's like we wanted to start and still have the traps but we also wanted it to inform you some about his creative process and also like take you into it and some of it is also keep Saw fans glued to their seats, you know, remind them, Hey, you're we're fucking back. Like mm-hmm. this is a Saw movie. We're going to circle around this guy. You're going to get, you know what I mean? There's like thrust them right into a Saw world. It's, it's,
1: it's amazing. Cause it, it it was so very well done because that's one of the things I left, walking away from it thinking i can't believe they turned him into a sympathetic character to this degree right it's so for you know you're like rooting for the guy it's it's strange
2: and they did that in earlier films but i thought you brought it out more in this Mm -hmm. film about his emotional state like he really believes he's helping people he's not torturing people he's helping people yeah he's a life coach
1: like, I don't, this stuff doesn't usually get to me, but I was literally in the theater just like squirming. And, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was intense. It was. It was and, intense.
0: Yeah. I think that a lot of that comes because of, we worked with this company called Fractured Effects mm. and they're, they're LA based. Um, we looked for a lot of different companies and they were a lot, you know, I don't get to make this decision, but um, I do weigh in and Fractured had done the Nick which I'm a huge fan of. It's like uh, Steven Soderbergh medical show with uh, Clive Owen. And it's really fantastic. So when I knew they were going to do this and they did Westworld, they did the eyes of Tammy Faye. Like they've been doing oh, yeah. amazing prosthetics work for a long time. I've worked on other films where we had prosthetics and they just usually don't have the budget. And this movie, you know, if the prosthetics are not good, the movie's not good. Yeah. And they, you would see the actors next to the prosthetics and you're like, well, now I know why these cost tens of thousands of dollars, and you know yeah. have have a team of thirty manufacturing them, and they're taking molds of the, you know, you can't make the prosthetics until they're ca- the actors are cast because it has to be exactingly like the their flesh and their skin tone and literal shape and feeling, and that's the only way you're able to make it feel. So, and real. I know
2: if it was four or five, but when they did the autopsy. Yeah, on Tobin Bell, that was another squirm moment. <laughs> yeah, and anytime you go into the skull, it's like <sighs> okay, this is getting, this is saw. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, the brain surgery trap did. I don't get it. Even get shooting it on set is just like so, sort of disembodied in a way because you're, you know, there's a person there with a pump, you know, doing like some of the like blood and you know some of the gore and like. Uh, there's so much like conversation involved with it, it. But when you just are stepping away and you're looking at the monitor and you're not like right there and you know around the frame, you're like, this is genuinely upsetting. And the, the simplicity <laughs> of the brain trap, like that, that one and the pipe bombs. Weirdly enough, those were the two that on set they kind of got to me because um, you're just watching it and you're just like, oh,
1: oh I <laughs> digging, digging those out. And uh, <laughs> I mean. yeah Yeah, it's just brutal yeah just was gonna ask you is there any point on set where it gets but yeah i'm sure for the most part you know you're so involved in the production of it all yeah
0: and i'm a sick fuck so (laughs) it's (laughs) fun you know it's fun to go on set and there be like because we shot it mostly in order i would say as much as we could and so valentina by the time she's dead it's like you know her leg is sitting on the ground and there's a puddle of blood and you're just every day you're like we have caution tape around the blood because we're like don't step in the blood but this has to maintain continuity for the rest of the movie so it's funny because actually you start to be like very and and even when we got to the end of the movie um because we shot it after, you know, the blood boarding trap and all this, there's just fucking buckets of blood
1: everywhere. I I was just going to say that blood bath was insane. (laughs) Insane. Oh my God. Pretty fun. Pretty fun. So so how um, do they, how do you get connected to the project? Yeah. How did that actually come to be?
0: Yeah. So my, um, my narrative agent is a guy named Alex Franklin, and he was involved with the early saws. He worked at Lionsgate back in that era. And he was actually involved with a lot of um, the time they were trying to reboot a lot of like Cronenberg and some other, you know, some other films. So he's involved in a range of those movies. And so I think that at the time they had interviewed a bunch of DPs and no one had been quite the right fit. And they were trying to make this in Mexico city and make it uh, non-union. And I'm in the union now, but at the time I was not. And I had um I'd shot a movie in Mexico City probably four or five years ago. And so I I think a lot of people were you know, were a little nervous about the idea of shooting in Mexico. They maybe hadn't done it before. Um, or they weren't the right visual fit for Kevin, whatever it was. Um, but they had reached out to him, he put my name up for the job and I uh I read the script and then it was just, you know, I talked to Kevin for maybe an hour and a half, two hours and sent him the names of five directors I'd worked with on movies and um, mm-hmm. he chatted with them the next day. And, you know, Kevin was, I know Kevin, cause of course I asked them like how to go. And I knew these were people that like, I usually become very good friends with the directors I work with. It's, it's like, you're either going to be really good friends or you're just not. You know, yeah. Like
2: a, partners or yeah. you're kind of buttonheads.
0: Yeah. And I, and I've been really lucky that most of the people I've worked with, we just have great collaboration. And I really do see my job as a support for the director's vision, but also it gives me the complete freedom to bring my own voice and fingerprints, you know, to every project that I do. And so mm-hmm. I, yeah, Kevin's main questions were about how collaborative I was. Um, Cause I think, our interview made it clear we saw eye to eye on a lot of a what made saw saw and you know we wanted darkness and images embedded you know where the lights sort of like poking you know holes into the darkness and it's very like there's a lot of shadow and a lot of yellow color and um you know we had the great ta- challenge of once again shooting the most saccharine of the saw movies so it's like what is too bright what's too dark how do we tell this part of the story but um yeah so i got hired and then i got hired I, I did really, he
2: I, happen to see Mobland? because i would have watched Mobland and said hire this guy you know i that movie wasn't out at the time um, oh that's right but, it's it's recently yeah uh, although it was done in 2021 you said right? yeah
0: we shot well we shot mobland in 2022
2: i 2020. i was shot
0: in georgia and alabama in like the guy flew to Georgia and I had three weeks to prep and then we shot it in three weeks. So it was wow. super fast. I think whirlwind
2: 14 days. <laughs> That's incredible for yeah. what you in some of the shots in that.
0: Yeah. The,
2: the cast was phenomenal. Yeah. I just real and, and just you really have a nice way of framing a silhouette.
1: Oh, thank you. Whether, yeah. You know,
2: whether it's somebody taking a shot, you know. Yeah. I just enjoyed it a lot. We were, yeah, I'm
0: really the original title was American Metal, which we were just like, This is a Southern Crime film, guys. Please don't call it Mobland. Um, but it's you know that movie did help me get Saw, I would say, just because Kevin had also worked with Steven Dorff And right. so I think just that camaraderie of but at the time, no, like Mobland wasn't out. And um Kevin, I think I'd done a music video that had like some very saw esque images in it, I would say. And yeah. I think that probably coupled with like I don't know, just some I don't know. I never asked him, but I know he liked mm-hmm. that I used Hurtigurdy in my reel and he was like, That's a great song. Mm, that's yeah, right. I, that is a great I, I've, song, I've seen yeah. that
2: on your reel. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I know great. you're a Zodiac
0: fan, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. So it's a little test, you know, it's just a little tester, but
1: yeah. Yeah. Where did you uh, where did you study? So I have kind of a
0: weird background with it because i did i studied electronic media at a like a small christian school and they didn't really know anything about filmmaking or filmmakers i didn't know what a cinematographer was for instance Um, i did like a a semester-long course, like series of courses in la where i got to be a pa on a movie that mark boone jr and steve Buscemi, peter dinklage a couple other fun names were in And that was one of my first like onset experiences, but you know, I was fresh out of Christian college. I was there. We were set dressing with porn and I was like, Oh no, this is, it was, you know, very, this is so Hollywood. Uh, but I was in LA for like, yeah, about a semester long for that. And then for me, I tried to get into AFI, I tried to get into USC and it just didn't happen. And so I was living in Kentucky at the time and I, I'd shot a bunch of short films and directed and written some, but I just didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do until I you know I eventually like landed on I want to be a cinematographer It feels weird when I'm not working with the lighting, working with the camera and it just I like that the way in which I expose something the way in which I light something will directly affect how the audience subconsciously Mm -hmm. or consciously experiences the narrative. And I found myself enjoying that so much more than trying to work with actors. I was a kid at the time, you know, I was 20, you know, 18 to 21 when I was sort of first considering this and then, um, started, as I mentioned before, I started working for the creation museum. I was there the day it opened. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I came kind of from that world of like Christian fundamentalism and all. So I actually started doing like A V projection stuff with them. And while I was there, I was made friends with one of the guys that worked there and who was also a big film buff. Like the first time I saw Evil Dead was at the Creation Museum when it was snowed in, you know. And so I was just sitting there and I watched it with this friend of mine. And like, you know, I I started using the cameras they had and the lights they had to teach myself. And then I was and I'd already learned some in the process of making shorts, but I I started making shorts. And then every time we would rent gear for that um, to shoot, you know, some God bullshit, basically, you know, ideology selling. (laughs) Uh, I would do that with this friend and then we would go shoot our own like short film or own commercial thing or whatever. And so I built enough of a reel doing that. And like mostly I was learning from like reading online forums, like. Mm-hmm. uh red user has a five thousand page forum that david mullen who shot like marvelous miss mazel and a bunch of mm-hmm. other shows and movies um he will has answered so many questions on that forum he's so committed with his time roger Deacons has a forum he answers so many questions and roger deakins has shot so many movies you know he's probably one of the biggest cinematographers ever mm-hmm. and it's like so that, mm-hmm. that sort of, there is in cinematography, there really actually is like a very com- like communal camaraderie sort of thing. Um, American cinematographer, a bunch of podcasts. Mm-hmm.
2: Congratulations. Uh, podcast. Yeah. Nice article and being uh, featured. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: It's really exciting. I've been reading it since I was 20 and um, it's, you know, I reached out to them in July cause I was like, I know it takes some time with, prepping a mag- magazine i was like hey i don't know if you guys are doing anything with horror in uh october but i shot this movie and i think if you were talking about horror this might be a fun one to feature and at first they're like we don't we don't think we have space for that right now and then they reached out later and they're like actually we're doing a piece on lighting and horror and we want to feature saw alongside i think they did the nun to talk to me um yeah maybe five nights at freddy's i don't remember who else but mm-hmm. yeah oh an exorcist believer yeah so okay. I did cool. some really fun horror films and by some really talented people um and yeah it's just you can really i would say you can learn a lot by reading you can learn a lot by you know i i learned a lot just by reading interviews with cinematographers watching movies but at, my advice always to young people who want to be cinematographers is live you know the stories that you tell will only be as good as the experiences you've had in life and Mm -hmm. what you understand about culture and yourself and your humanity and you know i think i couldn't have made this saw film like when i was you know 20 or whatever and kevin made this is the result of kevin having cut all those saw movies he follows the you you know reddit threads kevin cares um Mm -hmm. he's very meticulous and he understands you know, he just has a really great understanding of what it is. And he's also a huge cinephile. Like you could talk to him about anything from Jodorowsky to Dumb and Dumber. And it's like, he's a very, he's very funny. He's very smart. He's very worldly wise. Um, you know, he's just, and in, in that all plays into the stories that you make and tell. So for me, it's like cinematography is, you know, yes, there's the technical stuff, And it is frustrating in the beginning when you're starting out and you're like, I don't know how to do any of this. You Mm -hmm. really just have to pick up one piece of equipment and really master that and then pick up the next and master that. And, you know, or that's one way to do it. Or the other is you have a creative vision that you have and you have to figure out a solve for it. And it's like Mm -hmm. you reach out to people. There's a lot of stuff, great stuff. There's a lot of terrible stuff online, but there's a lot of great stuff online too, um, you just got to be careful. It's like if somebody hasn't shot anything worthwhile, don't mm-hmm. listen to them tell you how to shoot. Cause it's like, there's yeah. so many people who I'm like, this person doesn't know how to light. And they're telling mm-hmm. people like how to light. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Uh, if you yeah. look behind me, I have, uh, you know, way too many Blu-rays, 4Ks, whatever. And I, I listen to commentaries all the time. And I, and I look for, you know, not just the director, but, I love when they have a group commentary and it's everybody or yeah. the cinematographer. Mm-hmm. And, and I say to people, you know, you want to learn about how to make movies. Cause I, I used to teach film appreciation. Oh, cool. I said, listen to some of these commentaries. Mm-hmm. They tell yeah. you right in them how to do it. It's amazing.
1: It's like a DIY career. And and it yeah. was one of the first interviews we did on the podcast was uh, Johnny Durango, who's a cinematographer. Who oh, did, yeah, uh, Johnny, yeah. Yeah, the the did the, the, the work on Fat Man and a lot of other yeah. work that they've done, too. You know, for the for lay people, because you started getting into, you know, want to be a cinematographer and all that. The difference between that and DP. Yeah. I need to really, to somebody. You know, i There's no rich difference.
0: I've heard it discussed uh, right. I really don't think there is a difference. I think there, I think that might be European versus American title differences mm. or something because in like in the UK it's called the lighting cameraman. Um, some of it does come down to structural like for instance, in Mexico, there is not a I every time I've worked in Mexico, we have, don't have a grip department and an electric department. We have a mm. gaffer and he's over both departments and it, so it's like that's a different like a structural difference in how films get made in Mexico mm-hmm. um emotionally for me it's you know director of a, I don't really care like I don't really think it matters like the cinematographer like they're both like e- both of them require managerial skills technical skills and artists you know an artistry um and at the end of the day it's like do you you know do you have something worth saying in an interesting way worth saying it, you know, and can mm-hmm. you do it with a camera? It's like, that's, you know, you might be able to be a cinematographer, or a director of photography.
1: You know, yeah. the thing I was thinking about with saw, uh, too, is, um, it, you just, you feel like as I'm watching it with Shawnee Smith and Tobin Bell, obviously I'm thinking, you know, so fortunate that they're, they still look great. There's still health. There's, st- you know what I mean? After, yeah. I mean, a pretty good stretch of time since years. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing. So it's is really a blessing, you know, to, so what was that like, uh, you know, working uh, across from them yeah. in particular?
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say, so there's two sides of it. Um, with every actor, my goal is to create a space that makes them feel empowered to be the, to present the characters that they're playing. Um, and it's, that's the most important part of my job in a lot of ways is, uh, you know, you have to tell the story. It's a visual medium. Um, but we are at the movies for great stories and great performances at, at mm-hmm. the end of the day. And so I think a big part of it was building trust with Tobin and building trust with Shawnee. You know, I'm new to the franchise. I'm new to them. Um, the best you can do is be you know, around them as much as possible. and. Um, as you're making it, they will see your dedication and your sensitivity. Um, and I operated the A camera for four of six weeks until I ended up getting COVID. And then I had to, I was like, I just don't have the energy to hold a camera. So, um, you know, we we'll, we had an A cam, our B cam all bumped up, and then we had an A cam, or we brought in somebody for B cam. Um, but in that process, I developed trust, and then also in the makeup and wardrobe tests. Um, Mm-hmm. tobin is very kind tobin is extremely passionate i hope when i'm in my 80s i'm as spry as he is as chatty as he is as um considerate and passionate um i'll never forget that he you know we were on the same flight home from the movie and he stopped me and uh you know waited outside of the plane um and waited for me and then asked me some, you know how you how are you doing nicholas like uh you know what what do you think we just did there how do you feel about it and i was like tobin when i got hired on this i told kevin this is the best script of this franchise and i think we have a chance to make the best movie of the franchise and i was like tobin i think that's what we just did and i and i was saying that you know just having shot the movie but i was like i know how i felt watching tobin perform and i know how i felt watching him shawnee smith perform so Mm -hmm. um that's what it was based on and my feelings and Mm -hmm. there you know they are um i don't want to cut you off there's the second side of it is just that the age aspect was a genuine conversation Mm -hmm. and a genuine concern Mm -hmm. i sort of kevin and i talked a lot about it and i was like well we won't have the money to do de-aging in the way that it was done in the irishman And the Irishman was very deep fake feeling. Like I liked the movie, but it also Mm -hmm. had a bit of a weird. Yeah. Any Valley experience. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, at the end of the day, like the audience knows this is 20 years later and, you know, better call Saul or like breaking bad or something like that. You sort of buy it.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, If you're invested in the story, invested in the characters, you're not going to say oh her hair is different or something like that
0: exactly and so sorry up there um and so the other side of it was um i did use some filtration and part of that was to take the edge off of the digital sensor so i used a pearlescent one and then Mm -hmm. i used vintage lenses um we were shooting digitally we weren't able to shoot film but we wanted to have that feeling and that texture so we're shooting at a high asa we added grain you know we're using very specific lighting um, choices and then part of my challenge was i did you know there is this question especially with actresses it doesn't really come up with actors
1: mm. like
0: everyone's like Tobin's look you know basically the same since yeah, a person. It does, like a right dying man yeah uh, no disrespect to younger Tobin. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just like, everyone was kind of like, we just buy it as that. Right. Mm-hmm. But for Shawnee, it's like, you know, Amanda has never really been a sex symbol in in the films. I'm sure people, there are people who see her that way, but it's not really her role. She, but she, people like notice age on an actress much more. And so oh, yeah. I, it was a big, you know, that was a big concern for me. And there are scenes where I was like, i don't know i kept going back and forth do i you know soften shape control the lighting more to make her look more cosmetically good Mm -hmm. um or do i shoot this movie in a raw and gritty way like a saw film and you know there are things that i would never put in do for an actress that we're doing on this movie like hard toppy down light you never put an actress in 12 you know, noon toppy light without any softening. It's really I try very hard not to ever have to do that. Mm. But in this movie, as the traps happen and just, you know, and unfold, I found my like that just felt right. It didn't Mm -hmm. and when we would soften it up and try to shape it too, too much, it would start to feel like we had actually made a mistake. Um, or that we had gone too, you know, it just looked too cosmetic. I mean, I would say they were both so trusting, and Shawnee on the last day said like, "Thank you for making me look amazing," and all the times you didn't. Thanks for trying.
1: <laughs> <know>? it, it's <laughs> a fascinating commentary, though, that you're talking about that because that's a it's a real concern, like an issue that you have to broach at some point, I guess. And yeah. uh, she did look amazing. First of all, if you some of the interviews I've seen already with her, or some, some of the clips, it's she looks ripped. Oh my God. She's got, yeah. she's got like traps for days. I, yeah. I, I had no, and I was like, oh my God, I had no idea how, like, you yeah. just like, even on set, fit, she is you know? doing
0: reps and stuff. Like, oh she is she's very physical, physically active, and like a very, yeah, I mean, she's, you know, she's, she definitely, yeah, like, I'm like, I hope, once again, I hope I take as good of care of myself as she, she looks yeah. amazing. Yeah
2: the reviews that i've read so far have been positive yeah they're all talking about how you brought it back to the fans basically by going back yeah. to the original formula mm. and there's also a little teaser in there about maybe another saw movie maybe saw yeah. 11
0: yeah possibly. Uh, yeah i mean i know there's conversation happening around whether there'll be another film and i do i feel like if the fans are interested and there's a way to tell a story you know mark and or and are uh you know they're widely and uh if they can figure out a way to do it they will i mean the the writers are really fantastic and um yeah i haven't i haven't heard confirmation i know they've met but i've seen the articles and stuff coming out and the reviews have been just off the charts yeah um, we, we really like you know, I don't know. Some we did something, or and there's we're in a moment right now where horror has meaning and
1: mm-hmm. we're
0: legacy enough. I don't know. They've never reviewed a saw film this well,
1: yeah, yeah. And, and, and I it gets, think it yeah.
0: has
2: legs because you oh, went yeah. up against Paw Patrol, which is yeah. like <laughs> you know, that's a different animal
1: and totally. a different audience. I <laughs> so, yeah. I yeah. think
2: I think this one's gonna continue to to get the fans back. I think word of mouth and like yeah. I said, the reviews are all been good. Yeah, that's, that's
0: my hope. Yeah, that's really my hope. I think, you know, a friend of mine shot the uh the creator, this guy named Warren Soffer.
1: Oh really? Okay. So
0: I was really rooting for their film. Also just it's important to me that, you know, we also have uh original material that's being produced and made so i really yeah. hope that movie continues to yeah do well overseas and do well here domestically and
2: right it's doing well yeah. overseas like you said yeah i was surprised i think it underperformed but i, mm-hmm. I and it's another one we're looking for we haven't seen it yet. yeah i can't oh, wait I, to see yeah. it yeah I we, we did a- it
1: yeah, we did a look at the when the trailer came out and it I was just blown away. But yeah. Gareth Edwards is just in a league by himself. Yeah. It's incredible. So looking forward to seeing that one too. What are your before? I don't keep you all night, but we got to get like if your top five films, if you had to, if you had oh to boil God. it down, what, what would be Nick's monsters. top five films be? Yeah. be monster. Whether that's, whether that's from, you know, the cinematography kind of perspective or just, yeah, you know, but you go to Blockbuster to rent back when we could do that.
0: You know, I guess the question, it's like I have a a range of things I'm interested in, right? Um, And it's like, if I'm going to choose five, that's so fucking difficult. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jesus Christ Superstar is not going to be there. Yeah, I
0: mean, seven Seven, for sure. I I watch seven Seven. before every movie I shoot. Um, It's just a great genre film. It's so well told. It's so well made. Um, I would say... You know, this is going to sound slightly pretentious, but it's like, I do think Andre Rublev is like, it's one of those movies that I didn't see because I didn't go to film school. Like I sort of have filled in the gaps of a lot of filmmakers along the way. And I, Tarkovsky, I watched Solaris in high school and I didn't understand it. And I was very confused and it didn't make sense to me. Um And then I would say, Once I get, you know, early 30s, probably four or five years ago, I started watching Tarkovsky. And when I saw Andre Rublev, I was just like, this is so provocative and profound and has so much to say um, and just is stunning. Um, That, I would say, is is a favorite. I mean, there will be blood. Like, I know it's uh, it's a more recent film, but there will be (laughs) blood is just like something I've spent a lot of time watching. Um, Great film yeah, I just, I love that movie. I think it's, it's like one of those movies that was immediately felt like it could have been made then or 50 years ago or 50 years from now. And it's just feels classical and and powerful. It's tough. Five is tough. I'm like, struggling because it's like, for me, it's like also the movies that were influential in my life at a time. Mm -hmm. Godfather, I still love The Godfather. I know it's like, you know, I saw that when I was in high school and I just had never seen anything like it. And It was, you know, it had so much scope. I know that it doesn't tend to click well for all like, you know, audiences. But for me, like Mm at the time, like it just, it did something and meant something.
1: So that's, that's four, right? Yeah, that's good. It's it's, So what do you got uh, coming up, Nick? Are you, are you in the, yeah. yeah.
0: So the strikes have been, I actually came back from Saw and I shot another movie uh, before Mm -hmm. the strikes and I shot this erotic horror thriller with uh this director mercedes bryce morgan she's brilliant she's amazing i love working with her we it's my i did a shutter movie called spoonful of sugar with her and then right. we went and did this and this was like a five million dollar or you know uh by this company called ld entertainment that's they worked on jackie the pablo loran film and they also did um i think this movie called the Cursed that neon just picked up so they're they're great. I, I really loved working with them as a company. They were super supportive um, of Mercedes and myself. And yeah, that movie is a lot of fun. It, you know, I think it's, it's very much in the vein of something like bodies, 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 or ready or not, or something that's got like, you know, sort of a fun dark edge to it. Um, I don't know what's next after that. I'm reading scripts. Um, I just got something in today that it just didn't feel like a good fit. Um, so once the strikes are over, I'm sure I'll be back out there shooting another movie, uh, but hopefully something dark and weird and a little edgy.
1: Yeah, won't well, I'll be tell a, you, a... thank
2: you uh, for bringing Saw back. And, yeah. And phenomenal. And thank you for Mobland. For people who haven't seen Mobland, you can get that on demand. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't release it, because some mm. of your shots in that are just fantastic.
0: It's um, Yeah, it's coming out actually on Blu-ray, I think, mm. tomorrow – tomorrow oh perfect Um, yeah it'll be on blu-ray dvd 4k and then it it was in theaters but for a very very limited run and just a small amount of theater so yeah yeah it'd it'd be great yeah that's a a movie i'm really proud of and yeah uh, yeah just like fantastic really good
1: Uh, what's the uh what's the best way for people to 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 follow you and stay up uh, yeah i'm on
0: i'm on instagram i'm uh, my handle is uh at nick matthews film and um yeah you can just follow along there um i don't really use much else in the way of social media but i care a lot about younger filmmakers and them continuing to learn and um over the years i've used it as a platform to try and you know show about my process in a way that hopefully helps other people that are making films so i try to be pretty open and available for um people to ask questions too. so i I really do think that it, it's a really valuable platform for people to be able to learn and grow, and I've certainly had a lot of um, friendships that have grow- developed because of Instagram, yeah. and also just a lot of growth and learning.
1: That's uh, probably the most noble approach to social media that uh, we've ever heard. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, mean, that's that, yeah.
0: fell away a bit because it it's it, it it takes a lot emotionally and mentally. So I for sure, you know, but I I don't I shy. I'm le- I'm learning to show my face more, um, but I do like being behind the camera partially because I don't love, you know. It's just I like showing my work, but reality is people online are more interested in the behind the scenes than the
1: movie. Yeah, know. it's true. Well, hey, <laughs> are you still
0: God,
2: welcome man. at home on Thanksgiving now that you're shooting right. these kinds? You of- know, I
0: am actually. Yeah. Well i have three i have four siblings three of them are gay so like we okay. my parents have had to make peace with their kids <laughs> now being <Yeah>. parents, <laughs> exactly okay. what expected
1: well we yeah. uh we are very grateful that uh, you came on and we get the chance to talk to you especially like i said having been new to the franchise so you've now earned another fan and and hopefully we'll you know we'll get a saw 11 that would be pretty sweet Amazing. yeah yeah so and we'll today, hopefully girl. see you in the future
0: that sounds amazing. Thank you so much guys. I really appreciate it. And Yeah, yeah. Nick,
1: it's been it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Awesome. You guys. Take All right, care. take I'm care. Good. You too. Bye. This is Cindy Busby and you're listening to the Oh Brother podcast.